Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to church. We're glad you're here on this rainy Sunday morning. You know, uh, spring is in the air, though. And uh, I was at Myrtle Beach last weekend on a golf trip. Pretty much whooped everybody down there and came on. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> uh, hey, what are you talking about? Oh, you did win. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I did beat Vernon and Tom for the 12th year in a row, though, so that's all I go for. Um, anyway, we're glad you're here today, and, uh, you know, we're going to continue our series, actually the last week of it. I, as I've been reading through the book of John, I uh, stumbled across a passage, uh, I'm reading it from The Voice, and that's a brand new translation for me, and uh, I've really enjoyed it because I usually read from the NIV, and so reading from the voice gives you a whole new look at it. And I found a verse that uh, had never read the way that this translation had stated it, and it's from John chapter 3, and it's verse 10. It says, your responsibility is to instruct Israel in matters of faith. Now, that is really the responsibility of the spiritual leader, leaders of the church, and is to instruct in the matters of faith. Now, this scripture was, uh, Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was a religious leader. He was a teacher of the law. He was a, a devoted religious man. And Jesus was saying to him, your responsibility is to instruct Israel in the matters of faith. And it says, uh, but you do not comprehend the necessity of life in the spirit. I mean, they had all the, the knowledge, but he did not comprehend uh, the necessity of life in the spirit. And as I reflected on that for several days, several weeks, actually, I've been reflecting on that. I had a, a devotional with the staff, and we talked that through, and, and with the board, and it's just been churning in my heart. And, and I realized that many of us in the church, uh, we have been instructed all of our lives in the matter of faith. And, and many of us know uh, uh, the Bible and much of the Bible, but others don't. But, you know, the, the issue is many of us do not comprehend the necessity of life in the Spirit. And as I was thinking about that and thinking about what may uh, be necessary or what is needed at Salem Fields at this point in our history was that we began to comprehend and grab hold of the fact that there's a life much beyond uh, what we believe about God. And it's the necessity of life in His Spirit and the spiritual potential that we are missing in our lives when we are not comprehending what it means to have life in the Spirit. Now, over my years as a pastor, and I've been a pastor for many years, I was a youth pastor for many years, and now as a, a, one of the pastors here at Salem Fields Community Church, I've worshiped, I mean, I have witnessed two types of believers through the years in my time in the church. The first one is Christians who never get passionate for God. They're believers, they come to church, uh, they read their Bible, they pray, they serve, but it makes no visible difference in their lives and there's no passion or fire in their lives. And then there are Christians who seem to have a spiritual power, who seem to have a connection with God. Uh, they, they seem to have a little more of something in their spiritual lives than others. And when they pray, they are powerful. When it prays, it feels like they are touching heaven. 
Uh, they have this uh, passion and this fire in their belly and their soul for God. You know, when something goes wrong in their life, you don't see them whining, you don't <clears throat> see them falling apart. They, 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 have the, they seem to have a real deep sense of trust in God. And they don't go uh, off the deep end when things go wrong in their life. Which one are you in your spiritual life? Have you ever asked yourself what they have that you don't? You know, the answer could be that they have comprehended the necessity of living life, living a life in the spirit, and you haven't. Mark Batterson said, many of us never receive the power he promised. And without his power, we become nothing more than theological Christians. I'll read that again. Many of us never receive the power he promised, that God promised, and without his power, we become nothing more than theological Christians. We become nothing more than a people with knowledge. We know about God, but we don't know God intimately. We have a relationship with God, but it goes no deeper than the fact that we pray to prayer and ask God to forgive us of our sins. He says our impact, our testimony is reduced to words, and then he says our impact is reduced to our abilities, and not only is that less than exciting, he says it's wrong. It's wrong. In other words, without the power of God's spirit at work uh, within us, God will never unleash our spiritual potential. Without the power of God's spirit working in us, God will never unleash our spiritual potential. Today, I hope that we'll discover how to receive the power of God that unleashes our spiritual potential. If you're a believer today and you're here and you uh, believe in Jesus Christ, uh, you already have the power, this power, that power living in you that can transform your life. You have that power, if we're believers, we have that power living in our lives that can transform our lives, can transform the lives of our family, our church, our community, and our world. The Bible says, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clear, uh, clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. Now, this source of power that I am talking about is the third person of the Trinity, God, Father, uh, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, is the third person of the Trinity. And the very moment that you begin to follow God, at the very moment that you begin to follow Christ, you became a temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. The moment that you received Christ, God moved in to our lives. He moved right in with us. This means that God moved in your life and that he is with you and he lives in you now. So he is there. God is there through his Holy Spirit. But unfortunately, many believers, we miss out on our full potential because we have not comprehended how much a life in the Spirit can do in us and for us if we will allow him. We've missed out on that. You see, God cannot unleash his power in us and we cannot, un we cannot reach our spiritual potential because we're trying to live this Christian life on our own strength. 
I, I mean, we're, we're just kind of like, oh man, I got to do this. I got to suck it up. I got to get some willpower in my life. And I, and I got I to gotta make myself read this Bible. I got to make myself get ready for worship. I got to make myself get up in the morning and pray. I, I got to make myself, discipline myself to talk to my friends about Jesus. You know, and, and, and we're missing out because we're trying to do it in our own strength and our own power when there is a power far greater than ourselves that lives right in our temple, in our lives. The Bible says, to those of you who believe in Christ, you have access to the very same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave. Have you ever given much thought to that? That the same Holy Spirit, the same power that lives in us is the same power that raised Jesus Christ out of the grave after he'd been in the grave dead for three days. That same power lives in us. And we can, we can be filled with the powerful spirit of God. And when we are filled with the powerful spirit of God, we have the ability to live a supernatural life in a very natural world. And yet so many people are trying so hard to live the Christian life. And they struggle without the power and the spiritual potential available to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have your Bible, and some of you have been carrying your Bibles, whoops. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 1, and uh, we'll talk from there for just a minute. Uh, but, you know, I'll give you a, a little context on Acts chapter 1. Jesus, at this time in the story, uh, he had already been uh, uh, crucified on the cross. He had died. He'd been in the tomb for three days, and now he had risen from the dead. Somebody asked after Easter, they said, well, what happened to Jesus after he rose from the dead? I mean, what, what, I mean, he rose from the dead. We don't hear much about him. Well, he was, he, uh, he had risen from the dead and, and, uh, from the grave and he was having a conversation with his disciples over dinner in the context of what we're going to talk about. This was right before he was to ascend into heaven. He had died on the cross. He came back to life. He had had, he had, had several occasions where he had been with the disciples and now uh, he was preparing to ascend, to be with the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father to ever intercede for us. So if you're wondering where he's at now, the Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God as the Father ever interceding for us on our behalf. He's talking to God on our behalf. And here's how the conversation went. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And if you've read John, he spoke a lot about the Holy Spirit. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John, now he's referring to John the Baptist. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Greek word translated baptized is a word that means immersed. Immersed. Now, this is what Jesus said, uh, said. He didn't just say you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said you're going to be immersed. You're going to be surrounded. You're going to be filled to overflowing. You're going to be filled uh, to overflowing and overwhelmed in this powerful Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8, he says, but you will receive power. Once you are immersed, once you are filled, once you are overwhelmed with the Spirit, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, the Bible says, uh, says uh, so Jesus said, you will be my witness 
this is what you'll do after you're filled. He said, you will be my witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see now, when the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes you, you will receive power. You will receive power to reach your spiritual potential in the world. In the world. Now the word power comes from the same Greek word that we get from the word dynamite. Now, you remember when Susie was here for revival and she talked about us being little sticks of dynamite all over the community. He's saying this, the word power comes from the Greek word uh, dynamite. It means that we are a force. Once we are baptized, once we are immersed, once we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we become like dynamite. We are, uh, we are a force in the world. We are a force in our community, in our church, in our school, in our, and, and, and around the world. It means we have a miraculous power. It means we have the explosive power of God living in us. And, 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 and it's that dynamite force. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, the Bible says he will baptize us. He will baptize you, and you will have the explosive power of of God in your life. Wouldn't you say with me and agree with me that in the church today, we are lacking that power? That in our individual lives, we're not taking a benefit of the explosive power of God that lives and reigns in our life? And therefore, the church no longer has an influence in our world, and we want to say the government does this and the government does that, and we have lost our influence and our power, and we're not exhibiting the powerful power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our world. And then he says to the disciples, you're going to be empowered by the Spirit to take my message into the entire world. Now there's some real significance in that. Because I have to understand the significance of this, you have to remember who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to his disciples. And they were believers. Now this is not a salvation experience we're talking about. These guys had already committed to following Jesus. They were Christians. And he says, you're going to be empowered by the Spirit to take my message into the whole world. And these were believers, but they, yet, they had not yet comprehended what it means to have a life in the Spirit. They were believers, but they hadn't comprehended what it would be like or what it's like to have a life in the Spirit. And because of that, there was something missing in their life. If you remember Peter, you know Peter right before Jesus went to the cross, he said, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll never deny you. And, and you know that uh, right the night before the cross, three times Peter denies Jesus. As a matter of fact, at the cross, only one of the 12 showed up. And that was John. And the others were hiding in fear. And, and Jesus, he looks at these ordinary men and women, just like you and I, ordinary men and women, like you and me. And he said, you will have the power. He's saying to these 12, you will have the power to take the message all over the world. And here today at Salem Fields Community Church, and churches all over the world, the good news is being taught. Why? Why is that happening? Because ordinary men and women, because the Holy Spirit came upon them and unleashed their spiritual potential and they took the message all over the world. And today, you and I experience salvation because the Holy Spirit was immersed in these men's lives and these women's lives and, and they were filled with a powerful dynamite force of the Holy Spirit and they changed their world. And today, you and I have the gospel message. Quite a story. Now I want to show you what the Holy Spirit unleashes in us. 
First, the Holy Spirit will give me power to witness. Now, the average church attender, I read, uh, over their lifetime will hear 4,000 sermons. Man, that's a lot of sermons. I preached half of them to you. But uh, you will sing 20,000 songs. We will sing 20,000 songs. We will participate in 8,000 public prayers and we'll lead zero people to faith in Jesus Christ. And the reality is, that's our mission. That's what God left us here on earth to do. He didn't just take us up into heaven because he wanted us to reach our world. He said that our mission was to go ye into the whole world and make disciples. And for many of us, we have never even talked to anyone about Jesus. We've led zero people to faith in Jesus Christ, and yet we've heard 4,000 sermons, we've sang 20,000 songs, and we've heard 8,000 public prayers and participated in them, and yet led zero people. The average person has led zero people to faith in Jesus Christ. How close are you to average? You know, if you've never been a part of bringing a friend to Jesus, then you missed one of the most awesome experiences of your life. There's not a greater sense to watch someone kneel and, and you help them find Jesus Christ and lead them through the prayer, the sinner's prayer, they, we call it, and they've confessed their sins and invite Jesus Christ in their life and you see the tears of joy overfill their life and you realize that God used you to help someone come to know Jesus. It's an awesome experience. And when I'm filled, immersed in his spirit, he gives me power to witness to my friends. Next, he will give me power when I am weak. So whatever area of your life you're weak in, God's spirit is made strong in you. You got an area of weakness? Just think about your area of weakness. And when we trust in God and we're filled with his dynamite power in our life, he gives us power to overcome our weaknesses. He becomes strong in us. You know, the, Paul, an early church leader, was complaining about this thorn in his side and, and, and this weakness. And the Bible says he prayed, dear God, take this away. Dear God, take this away. Dear God, take this away three times. And look what God says. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. For where I am weak, then I am strong. And, you know, uh, Paul is saying, uh, he's saying, therefore I uh, am made perfect in my weakness and, and I am made strong in my weakness. And Paul says, by golly, I'm not gonna hide it. I'm gonna brag about it. I am weak and, uh, and, and, I, and God, when I am weak, God is made strong in me. And what do we, you and I do? We hide our weakness. Oh, we don't want anybody to see our weakness. We don't wanna talk about our shortcomings. No way. I am not gonna, I'm not gonna tell anybody where I'm weak at. Paul says, not me. I'm going to brag about it. I'm going to boast about it because in my weakness, God's power in me will make me strong. And when we are weak and allowing God to fill us with his power, then we're stronger than we could ever be on our own. You know, God doesn't intend for us to be weak and passive and ineffective believers. And really, when I think about it, isn't that what we've become in our society, haven't we become weak and passive and ineffective as believers in our world? Why? Because we have not immersed, we have not comprehended life 
in the spirit. When difficulties come, we must depend on God. What do you depend on when difficulties come? Where do you run to? Do you run to God and do you boast about God, boast about your weakness or do you run to something that the world offers? You see, only his power will unleash our spiritual potential and make us effective for him and help us in the areas of our weakness. The next thing is far the most important, and that is the Holy Spirit will give you the power to unleash your spiritual potential in God. And what I'm saying in that, Jesus said in John 10, 10, he said, I have come that you may have life and have life in the fullest. In other words, Jesus said, I have come that you may have eternal life, but I have come so that you can live in your full spiritual potential. Here's what I mean. I've noticed in the church today, including our church, Salem Fields Community Church, I believe that I believe for so many Christianity is this. We say, yes, I believe in God. Yes, I ask God to forgive me of my sins. I prayed, I asked God to forgive me of my sins, and even when no one was looking around, I raised my hand. You know, and I got baptized. And I read my Bible and I come to church when it's convenient. I'm talking about that's what I see. And I even joined the church and I'm basically a good person. But what the world sees in us isn't much different than anyone else. I mean, really, we're still addicted. I mean, we're still filled with worries, we're still broke. We're still struggling. We're still getting divorced. We're still, we still struggle to love our enemies. Even our Facebook posts look just like everybody else's. I am simply amazed at believers and their Facebook posts. And I say, what separates us? What makes us different from everybody else in the world? You'll probably unfriend me. You see, we have no real faith. We have no real victory over sin. We have no real spiritual potential. Why? Because we have no power. We have no power. So many people today don't understand, really don't understand who God is and the spiritual potential that he has for us. And the Holy Spirit will give you and I the explosive power to experience his spirit, your spiritual potential. Second Peter says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. In other words, God has given us everything we need to fulfill our spiritual potential, to unleash our spiritual potential. He says, we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Then why are so many of us not living in our full spiritual potential in God? No power. No power. Why? Because we want the best of both worlds, don't we? I mean, we, we, want, we want to go to heaven, I mean, when we die, but we want to live however we want to live. We want what the world offers and we want what God offers. Paul, he experienced that same problem. Back in the Corinthian church, in 1 Corinthians, he described it this way. Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. He said, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? 
You see, what I think Paul's doing here, he's dividing Christ's followers into two groups, spiritual Christians and worldly Christians, fleshly Christians, carnal Christians, whatever you want to call them, call us. Like many of us, the worldly Christians back then in Corinthians wanted the best of both worlds. They didn't want to fully surrender to God. And as a result, they missed out on the best God has to offer. And I'm not talking about salvation here. I am talking about the very fact that you and I, when we're not comprehending life in the spirit, we're missing out on the best that God has to offer us. And we're not comprehending how much God really loves us and how much potential that you and I have in Christ Jesus. Every promise in the Bible is a yes in Jesus Christ. They were worldly, and they missed out on the best that God had to offer, solid food rather than a bland milk for spiritual babies. And like many of us, they were not willing to let go of the world, and therefore they had no spiritual power. I'll give you three steps as quickly as I can to... Uh, help us be immersed, filled with his spirit, and receive power. The first one is simply ask. Simply ask to be filled with the spirit. Jesus, uh, he said this. This is a, when I was back in Bible college in Colorado Springs, we had, to, we had to pick one verse of scripture, and we had to preach this type of message on. And it couldn't be the usual message. It had to be an unusual passage of Scripture. And, and this is the one I chose. And I, I'll never forget my, writing my first sermon like this in Bible college and had to do it in front of the class and get graded. It was like horrible. It was like I spent my time in hell, so I know I'm going to heaven. <laughs> the Bible says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Simply ask him. You see, filling, in, filling us up with the Holy Spirit is one prayer that God is ready and willing to answer. When you pray, God, fill me and overflow me with your spirit, immerse me in your spirit, that is praying in God's will, and he'll answer that one. And you should ask daily. According to Jesus, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. How often? Every day. And follow me. You see, denying ourselves means to deny the power of our worldly desires. Deciding we want God more than we want anything else. Deciding we want God more than we want anything else. Have you made that decision? that you want God more than anything else, that you want all of God, everything that God has for you. Have you made that decision that you want that? Do you want that more than anything else in your life? I was watching Shark Tank the other night, and, and this entrepreneur was on there, and, and he had this great educational thing for SATs, and, and, and the shark said, you don't want this bad enough. They said, unless you're willing to give 110%, you don't, you're not an entrepreneur. You're, you're divided between two worlds, basically, is what they're saying. And when you want this life, you've got to want it more than anything else. Taking up our cross means that we accept the journey that God has laid out for us. Each day, we need to give him permission to do whatever he knows is best for us and the kingdom. Here's what I know. 
We will never reach our full spiritual potential until God has all of us. And here's something else I know. God will not relent. God will not relent until he has all of us. He will not relent. He will stay after us like the hound of heaven. He will not relent. Next, we must repent. We need to repent from sin. In Acts, it says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If we desire the Holy Spirit to fill us and give us power, we must remember that he's called the Holy Spirit for a reason. We can't be filled with the Holy Spirit without a deep-seated desire that we want to be holy. And the Bible says without holiness, no man will see the Father. That is from the Bible. Without holiness, no man will see the Father. Holiness doesn't mean we're sinless, but it means that we pursue righteousness with a passion and a fire. Being filled with the Spirit requires a wholehearted, not a half-hearted commitment to turn from sin and move toward righteousness. And lastly, we need to surrender to the Spirit's leading. You see, when we surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit, we don't resist what God wants to do in our lives. The Bible says if we are living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In other words, we don't hold anything back from God. Wherever God leads us to go, wherever God leads us to do, we go and we do. What does all this mean? It means that we don't look at the cost before we obey. Well, let me see. That we don't search for reasons to say no. Rather, when God speaks to us, we just say yes. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit and to receive His power to unleash our full spiritual potential. Now the choice is yours. Now the choice is yours. Do you want to unleash your spiritual potential? Do you want all that God has for you? Do you want to continue to live the Christian life the way you're living today? Are you satisfied? Are you content? Do you want to unleash your spiritual potential? Do you want to experience his power in your life? If so, are you willing to be honest with God? Are you willing to surrender to the Holy Spirit and stay focused on him daily? Will you allow him to fill you and lead you? Are you willing to give up everything that God asks of you to follow wherever he wants to lead you? As you follow the Holy Spirit's leading and unleash your spirit, and he unleashes your spiritual potential, your passion and love for God and others will grow. You will no longer be afraid to tell your friends about Jesus. Where you once were weak, you'll suddenly realize you're becoming stronger. You'll begin to have victory over sins that once controlled your life, and your faith in God will begin to grow in areas where you once had no faith. Your relationship with God will take on a whole new meaning and purpose, and God will unleash your spiritual potential in our world, and you will be a dynamite force for God in the kingdom of God. Here's what I've learned about the love of God. He won't relent until he has all of you. He won't relent until he has all of you. Does he have all of you? I know this. 
this message was for someone today because it's on my heart. He won't relent until he has all of you. So why not give him all of you today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence here this morning. I thank you for everyone that's gathered here, those that have gathered online today in the cafe, Lord. And I pray in these closing moments, Lord, in these moments of reflection, that God, you would speak to us. And God, there's no doubt in my mind today that there are, there are people all throughout this audience today online that God that desire to have more of you. But God just haven't comprehended until today life in the Spirit. And it's my prayer today, Lord, that God, your Holy Spirit, would move in our lives right now as we worship together. Let's all stand, can we, together? And if God is speaking to your heart today, and you want to surrender to him and you're feeling like you know that you don't have all of God I want to invite you to come forward today and pray and surrender and ask God to fill you to immerse you with his Holy Spirit's power I can promise you this he will not relent you'll either run from God or God will be on you until he has all of you that's how much he loves us because God wants us to have all of him and all that he has for us. And many of you have been hanging around the church for a long, long time. And you're fighting this thing. And you're doing it on your own strength. And you're not getting the benefits of a life in Christ Jesus. You're not, getting the, you're not comprehending a life in the spirit and what God has for us. And so I invite you this morning come and surrender and offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the work, to the Lord. That is our reasonable act of worship. So I invite you today during this song, Father, come, Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Glory land until you have it all.